0: Welcome to the weekly message from Rhema Family Church. It is our hope that as you listen to this message, you will come to know Jesus better and be established in your faith and equipped for the work of the ministry. You can view the sermon notes and listen online at ramah.org.au forward slash media. Father, I thank you so much that we're here. And the main reason that we're here, Father, is always to worship you and worship Jesus and to look into your word so father as we minister your word today trust you to help us father god that it comes out clearly uh, easy to understand uh, easy to apply in our lives that father we would become more fruitful in your kingdom and we ask for that in jesus name amen so we're in a series right now and this series is called heavenly perspective so you can see there that we have this graphic and you see that that's a maze. Now, if you walked into that, a maze of that size and you were just ground level, you'd probably get lost and have a hard time getting out of it. But when you look at that from a higher place, you can see going in, it took us a couple minutes. to uh, Adam and myself looked at that and we saw the way out. It only took a couple minutes because we were looking at it from a higher place. And it's kind of that way uh, for us here on the earth, us fleshly beings that when we we accept Jesus as Lord, of course, the Holy Spirit comes on the inside of us. But it's great advantage to all of us when we look at things the way that God looks at things. So here's our text scripture, and you'll see what I'm saying. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are my ways your ways, declares the Lord. So God's thoughts and his ways are much higher than ours, and for a fleshly person there's no way that we're going to think and have ways like god but the wonderful thing is as we stay in god's word and we look into the word of god uh, we'll start thinking like god we'll start acting like god our ways will start lining up to his ways and our thoughts will line up to his thoughts so so even though that scripture says it's not true it can become more and more true in our life if we stay in God's word and, uh, and prepare ourselves to live a Christian life. So today, as we said, uh, every week is different, and we don't really know what's gonna happen from week to week. We do know Dennis Burke's preaching next week, and I don't know what he's gonna preach on, but this came into my heart to minister on for this week, and that's when God looks for workers. So we're gonna get some heavenly perspective about when God's looking for workers. Uh, I believe it'll be encouraging It was encouraging to me, okay So what we're gonna see today is that God first of all and you'll see as we get into this God is really not uh, moved or affected By what you do uh, like as a job what your profession is when God goes looking for people and you'll see what i'm saying it's encouraging and you can see that god has recruited people from all kind of backgrounds we're going to look at some of the people that he recruited today in the bible and he even recruited people that were bad that they were doing bad things and they weren't doing good things but he still recruited them so this came into my heart and it's simply this that god found people from all backgrounds skill sets and even people who did wrong things. So isn't that encouraging? I, I think all of us should be encouraged by that. So here's, here's some of the uh, people that God has recruited, some people that God found. So look at this. The first one, God found Gideon when he was threshing grain. Now, he wasn't on his knees, sweating blood, deep into intercession okay he wasn't doing that when god found him he was actually threshing grain but god actually sent an angel and there's this angel sitting under the tree and and this is when he's he finds and calls gideon gideon wasn't doing what we would consider something that was real spiritual okay but that's God found him. He was working and he was busy, okay? And then look at the next one. Samuel, here, he's serving in the tabernacle. Samuel's the little one, in case you're not familiar with that. And so, Samuel's that little boy. His mother dedicated him, and his mother desired that he would serve God. And so that's one reason why it started in the church world. That In churches, we dedicate, we have baby dedications because you could see how uh, effective the baby, when when his mother dedicated him before he was even born his mother made a promise that her son would serve God so that's why it's good for us parents to believe God that our children are going to serve God and and follow God okay so that's an important thing and that's why we do that around here and then uh, you see the next one David caring for sheep now, there again, that doesn't seem like it's a, it's a real uh, spiritual thing to do. But we know David was a, a worshiper, and even when he was out caring for those sheep, he was worshiping God and fellowshipping with God while he was doing something that might not seem what we would think is spiritual. Okay? And then look at this Elisha, the great prophet, he was plowing. You know, he was, that God found him when he was plowing. Okay, and then you have Peter. You know he was fishing. Uh, he he was a fisher, not of men at the time, but he was a fisher of fish. And, and God found him when he was fishing. Okay. Matthew. He was collecting taxes. Now you know back in those days, tax collectors they were despised. They they were the ones that no one liked. I don't, I heard that. I heard that. Uh, somebody said they still are, but, <laughs> but you, know, you know, tax collectors, have they ever been liked? <laughs> but isn't it amazing, though, that Jesus, you know, goes to the tax collector and he shows him some love. And so you can see that God wasn't moved by the profession. God wasn't moved by what they were doing, but God went after him. Okay? And then this last one, you know, you have Luke, the physician, okay? And so I don't know if that's the kind of clothes that they would have wore, but like that's back in the day where they would have been dressed that way. God found Luke, who wrote the book of Luke, who was called Luke the physician. So what we see there, there is a wide variety of different backgrounds, like skill sets, professions that God went after. Okay, and then this last one, I I think we skipped that one. Um, We didn't do Paul who kills Christians, did we? Now, Now, that there, isn't that interesting that Paul was killing Christians and God went after him? okay so we just want to look into this today and just talk along these lines now i remember that when i used to travel this is like nearly 30 years ago with a singing group and we we served a a a minister and there was a night that we were in a church up in seattle washington and that that pastor's been to this country his name is casey treat and he's preached here in australia before more than one time and we were at his church and That particular night, the music included a bass solo, and I played the bass guitar. So I was up for a bass solo that night. So when I went to do my bass guitar solo, the sound was terrible, you know? And it made it hard to play, it made it hard for me to do a good bass solo because the sound was bad. So when we finished up and everything, we would go in a back room and freshen up, and then we would come and sit on the front row in front of the minister like we were angels, okay? But we went into back room to do our freshen up, and, and the sound man was, of course, still at the soundboard, doing sound but his wife was one of the singers in the group, so we're in the back room, and his wife is back there, and I just ripped the, I ripped the guy to shreds. I, I didn't cuss or anything like that, but I ripped him to shreds as effectively as I could without cussing, okay? Because I just thought this guy, I was embarrassed. I'm trying to play a bass solo, and it's so, the sound is so bad, and it made me not play my bass solo very good, so it was all about me. You know and about my bass solo and I'm ripping the guy to shreds okay then we all after that and and then I got everybody to you know I I was the lead murmurer I was the lead you know whinger complainer so I got some of the other group in front of the guy's wife to complain and say how bad he was and then we all went out and sat on the front row in front of the minister like we were angels Okay, so then I'm sitting there listening to this uh, man. who He's gone home to be with the Lord now, but I always thought he was so godly, and I'm thinking, man, like he's so spiritual, and I'm so carnal. I was having these thoughts about how spiritual he was and how carnal he was. And then he finishes his message and he gives an altar call, and so many people came up to get born again. It, it was a big auditorium filled up, and I'm thinking, look at how God uses him. He's so spiritual and I'm so carnal. And and I'll and he'll always be spiritual, and I may always be carnal. I'm having these thoughts, you know. And so he gets done and he he sends the people that came to get saved off to a room with some workers, and then he he gets the altar ready for a healing line and he's going to lay hands on the sick. So it's all full and then he says "He said, we're going to do something different tonight and I'm going to have uh, Brother Tony lay hands on the sick. And it's like I almost rolled my eyes. I almost went... I thought do you know how carnal I... I mean do you know what I just did before I came out and sat on the front row like an angel? But see at the time I You know what we were doing we drove i drove the bus we took turns driving the bus we set book tables up and tore them down and we sold books and we did the music and i'm the bass player you know we collected offerings and we cut we counted offerings we did all of this kind of work you know and probably the, the, the maybe the funnest thing is when we got to play our music but we did all this other thing and my point is i didn't think i was very spiritual okay and, I, and I'm playing a bass guitar and counting offerings and setting up book tables and selling books, but God found me. I mean, he used the man to ask me to lay hands on people, but I ended up laying hands on people, and I didn't think I qualified. And so you can see that, you know, God will choose people, and it's not always based upon even how good they are, uh, you know, and it's not based upon even their intelligence. So we're going to look into that today, okay? Before we do, let's look at something. <laughs> let's look at something. Uh, I like to sometimes look at the negative side before we look to the positive side. And so here's here's a thought, you know, before we going to look at some traits that people have that God chooses but as we do a lot of times, let's look at the other side. Let's look at people that God can pass over. And he doesn't pass over a lot because I just got done saying we're, we're not perfect, but there are a few things in the Bible that lead us to believe he'll pass over these things, and there are only a couple. So here's the first one, self-promoters. Self-promoters, okay? So a self-promoter, uh, let's look at Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 6, two different translations here. It says, Most men will pro- proclaim each... His own goodness, but a faithful. But who can find a faithful man? Okay, so you see the contrast of talking about yourself, uh, and that's all talk. A lot of times, it's just hot air, and then but then there is actually the doing where you're faithful. And then the other translation says many people profess their loyalty, but a faithful person who can find. Okay, so uh, what is, what's it's telling us, it's just better to put our hands, to, you know, just get working and don't talk about ourselves. That's basically what that scripture says. And so it would seem like God's not really into us talking about ourselves, but he's more into us putting our hands to work and doing something. Here's uh, some other scriptures, too. Um, Proverbs 25 and verse 27, it says, it is not good to eat too much honey, nor is it honorable for people to seek their own glory. And then another translation says, don't eat too much honey or always want praise so notice that how seeking our own glory and wanting praise i i was curious and i thought because i i get all of these you know you or, if you order health products and then they start sending you emails so and i've got i get so many emails i i'm gonna have to start unsubscribing because it's just so much work with all the emails i get about health stuff so but i got this one email and i the title of it was eat <laughs> eat more honey so then I'm reading the scripture, and I goes wait, those health guys said to eat more honey, and this is saying don't eat too much. And I thought, well, I know there's a balance, so I thought I'd Google. So I Googled, and I put what are the effects of eating too much honey, because I was curious, because I, I recently just got an email that said we should have a teaspoon of honey every day, and, and that's the good kind. It's not the kind that they add sugar to in case you go out to do that. Make sure you get the real honey that they don't add sugar to. That, and you can do a teaspoon every day but too much honey here's what they said too much honey does it, it, it says it, it has a long-term negative effect on the gastrointestinal tract okay and what does that mean nutrient absorbing could become a permanent problem so if you eat too much honey the long-term effect is it messes with your gastrointestinal tract and it's hard for your body to absorb nutrients so I got thinking about that, and I go, well, you know, is there any kind of spiritual, like, something that you could say that, like, a parallel truth there? And then I thought thought about that, and as Christians, if we're just going after praise and wanting to talk about ourselves and be self-promoters and do that kind of thing, it, it actually... It's an agenda, but that kind of agenda, because we're so focused on ourselves, when we actually sit under God's word, instead of getting the nutrients that God's word has for us, we're more into ourselves, and we're not taking and we're not getting all the nutrients that we can get out of the Word of God. So I I think that that's why you know you either have we can have two agendas every time we even we come to church. One agenda is I'm coming here because I want fed and the Word of God can feed me, or another agenda is, you know, I want noticed, you know, and so really, uh, as born-again Christians, there is a thing where the Bible says to honor, so I gave James some honor today, I gave production team, I, I gave people honor today, and we're for honoring, but so the Bible says to give honor where honors do, but then on the other side of it, we shouldn't really expect it, and we shouldn't need it, But when it comes, thank God for it. Does that make sense? So look, here's another scripture, Proverbs 27 and verse 2. It says, let someone else praise you, not your own mouth, a stranger, not your own lips. So really, you know, uh, it's really clear. There's plenty of scriptures in the Bible that that tell us really clearly. uh, Just we don't need to praise ourselves. We don't need to brag about ourselves. We don't need to talk about ourselves, talk ourselves up. Okay, do, do you say, I think... Uh, you say high note. Is it high noting? That's one of the things that's said in Australia, right? Big, or is it... noting, big, noting. big noting. Okay, it's big noting, not high noting. Leave it up to a musician to change it to high noting. Okay, so, and then here's another scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. That says, don't worry, we wouldn't dare say that we are as wonderful as as these other men who tell you how important they are, but they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as a standard of measurement, how ignorant. So this is in the context of Paul, the apostle, uh, he went and pioneered as an apostle some churches and some works. And then here comes along this group of guys that are calling themselves apostles, and they're, they're making themselves seem really important. They're talking about themselves, bragging about themselves, making it seem like they have something the apostle Paul doesn't have. And he just said, that's ignorant, and they're comparing and measuring themselves against themselves, and he, he basically downplayed it. And he's, he basically said, we're not going to go there. Okay, so what you see here is there's plenty of scriptures that we see that uh, we don't need to do those kind of things, and it can really position us where God doesn't come and get us because we're already we've got ourselves and we're all about ourselves. One last scripture uh, that it's a know-it-all. Look at Proverbs 26 and verse 12. That's another, it's just two things, you know, self promoters and know it alls. Uh, Proverbs 26 and verse 12, it says, There is no more hope for fools than for people who think they are wise. Okay? And so when you think you're wise and you think you know it all, there's not a lot of hope for you. So, really, the key is the Bible talks of, and it is in the book of 1 John, it's really important to be bold with the things we do know. I do know I'm saved. I can be bold that I'm saved. Jesus is my Lord. I can be bold for every every promise that God has in his word. I can be bold and say that promise belongs to me. But I also want to stay teachable and humble and not come across like a know-it-all, okay? Uh, because that, th- those kind of people, uh, I, I don't think they're on God's radar, okay? So we get that balance. Now let's go over to the positive side now, and let's just talk about uh, it's it's one common trait. It's a common trait of people chosen. And then this common trait will say a few things about it, but this common trait is settled, okay? And what really came into my heart when God put this message on my heart, here's what I felt like he said about this message. I want my people to be at peace, to be settled and to not be concerned or frantic about my plan for their life. And that's what really came into my heart. So, uh, and so look at this, you'll see what I'm saying here, settled. So look at uh, Proverbs nineteen and verse two. It says, "Also, it is not good for a soul to be without knowledge, and he sins who who hastens with his feet." So that's the New King James version. But notice how it says somebody that that, that hastens with his feet sins. So here's a few other translations, and then we'll say some things about that to explain it. This one says, "He who is over quick in acting goes out of the right way." So in other words, there's a right way and there's a wrong way. And when somebody's over quick in acting, they can go out of the right way and go into the wrong way. Then this translation says haste makes mistakes. Like when we are real hasty, we can do the wrong thing and make the wrong choice. Then look at the next one. And the one who acts hastily makes poor choices. So our choices are not as good when we get hasty and impatient and and we're not settled okay then this last if you are too eager you will miss the road So, so what we what we see here is like god isn't nervous god isn't frantic and what you see here is every person that god chose they were settled and they were doing something they weren't frantic they weren't concerned about anything and God found them. They weren't, they weren't trying to make something happen but God found them where they were at. They had their hands busy and they were working. Isn't that, and so I, I think that's really comforting for all of us to understand that we don't have to run and be frantic and run here and run there and, and I know there's not many Christians that do that but some, there are some Christians that they, they they need to know what's going on everywhere and like i, I got to go over here because I'm get a word here and i might and i might miss that and i miss that you know it's not really necessary you know really god wants us to be settled and planted and he knows your address and he's really able to find you when you're planted and settled and we see all the different people that he did find and we see what they were doing and they weren't even doing what we would call super spiritual things okay here's another scripture first corinthians chapter 7 and verse 20 It says, let each one remain in the same calling in which he was called. Now, the context of that verse, remaining in the same calling, that's back when they had slavery, and that's part of what he's saying. If you were a slave or if you were a Jew, if you were circumcised or uncircumcised, you know, and it's not if you were uncircumcised and you get saved, there's no need that you have to get circumcised. Because circumcision doesn't save you. If you got saved and you were a slave, there's no need that you have to quit working for your master. As a matter of fact, it tells Christians to work for their master with a good attitude okay uh, so basically what it's saying is you don't have to make some kind of quick move you know I got, I got saved and I have to make a quick move now and change everything it's basically saying you know settle be settled now I realize that there are some professions that are uh, that it, it involves a lifestyle that isn't right and those kind of professions it would be good to get out of those professions but uh, all the other ones you don't have to make a quick thing just relax be at peace and be settled okay So this came into my heart. Uh, God knows where, when, and how to find us. All we're required to do is stay planted. Okay? And and, uh, I I found this, you know, I I know... uh, because of, of tra- we traveled for 28 years, and we were in a lot of different places for 28 years, sat and talked with a lot of pastors, hundreds of pastors, 28 years of traveling, and we hear all their stories about people that they've dealt with, plus their stories. And the most amazing thing always to me is like people that are doing things for the Lord it's not like they did some great thing and they went out and found some great thing to do. It's almost like it always seems that God comes to them and finds them. And so what is that? It's like we, we can be at peace. We, we don't have to be concerned or frantic. Uh, you're, you're not, we're not going to miss anything. We will not miss anything individually. And I'll just say this, we will not miss anything as a church if this church is truly ordained of god we'll have everything that we need here uh, that's what i want to believe that if we we have god's healing power here we'll have the right ministry gifts in here that people can be fed and that we we we'll, we can be a complete church okay now that doesn't mean if if there's a conference going on you understand i I like something that an older minister said once and and i don't know if these if you haven't said this ever since we've been pastoring but this was real common back in the old day but pastors would say listen every time our doors open if you belong to our church i expect you here if there's a special conference going on Go to it, eat the hay, and spit out the sticks. And that's what an older minister once said. And, and I think it's wisdom. But it, it was back in the day when it was real common. When people had a church, they weren't wondering if there what was going on everywhere else. They, they were planted in a church. And, and I, I think that it seems like it, it's not so much that way. Everyone's concerned. I, I gotta, what's going on there? What's going on there? What's going on there? And we really don't need to be frantic and concerned. God wants us to be settled and planted. Okay. So here's um, here's what I notice about settled. The conduct of the settled. Okay. So here's the first thing that you notice is patience. Somebody that's settled. Patience. So 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 19, look what that says. It says, So Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is out with the sheep. So let me give you a little background there. David, Samuel the prophet went to David's house and his father's name is Jesse. And he went to Jesse because God told him the next king is going to come out of Jesse's children. So Samuel the prophet's there and Jesse brings all of his children out. He starts with the first one who's tall and handsome and all that and he said, that's not him. God looks at the heart, he doesn't look at the outward man. He goes through all of them and there's, the, the, the king isn't there. So then uh, Samuel asks Jesse, do you have another son? Jesse says, yeah, I have one out tending the sheep. And he goes, go get him." So then they go out to the where David is, and they bring David in. And when Samuel looks at David, he knows that is the king. And he anoints him to be the next king of Israel. So what David then, after he got anointed, he took his staff and he threw it at his father and brothers and says, I'm out of here because I'm going to the big city now, and I'm getting out of this little country town taking care of a few sheep. He didn't do that, guys, in case you don't know. (laughs) If you don't read the Bible, (laughs) that's not what David did. But isn't isn't that probably in today's society because patience is getting less popular. But what does David do? He gets this big thing happens where Samuel... Anoints him to be the king, and what does he do? He goes back out and takes care of the sheep. He stays settled, and he stays patient. Isn't that interesting? So, and and then, what's really something is. The way that David really got to be known is that there was a war going on and his father, Jesse, says, take this cheese and this food to your brothers who were in the army. And then David goes with his father's command and he goes to where Goliath was and then God, you know, uses David to kill Goliath. And then everybody knows who David is. But he came from tending the sheep. But God found him there. First of all, Samuel, and then God used his father to send him to his brothers, and see how that happened. What you see there is he was settled, and he was patient. God knew his address, God knew how to find him. God knows your address, God knows how to find you. You can just be peaceful and settled and not be concerned. God's not gonna pass you over. If he has something for you, he knows how to get it to you, okay, and let you know. Then what you also see is working. Look at this, Colossians chapter three and verse 23. It says, whatever you are doing, let your hearts be in your work, as a thing done for the Lord and not for men. And I like that particular translation because it says, let your hearts be in your work. And then it says, whatever, whatever. And so what is that saying? It means no matter what kind of work you do, you should let your heart be in that work. And so, you know, we have people sitting here from you're doing all different kinds of work out there and what all the different kind of works that you're doing, the Lord is saying, let your heart be in your work. Okay, and, not, and, and he says, and then what you do, you know, the reason you can do that is because he says that everything you do it's do it for the Lord and not for men. And so you know, you, you, um, you know you can be working now. We have our, our youth pastor Lecky, and then his wife Belly Lecky, just recently got a job, and he's working with the police, so he's not uh, the, the policeman, but he is uh, I, I, what do you call it Lecky?. Yeah, He's a lay le, le, uh, officer. I don't know why, it just won't come out, I'm sorry. That ha- I don't know why that happens to me at times. You know, I parlo italiano. Every time, ever since I learned another language, some words just in English don't come out right. But anyway, so anyway, he's a liaison officer. Did that come out? Yeah. Praise the Lord. Uh, okay, we're done with church today. That, that, was, a, that was a victory. <laughs> um, but anyway, like, like, I've had some talks with Lecky since he took that job, and just just the way that he has a heart for what he's doing and the care that he gives uh, the guys that he's doing. And, and it's, it's like I really appreciate the fact on how he's applying himself and what he's doing. And I know that if I, I had talks with every all of you that what you do, you'd be the same way. If you own your own business, you, you you put your heart... You know, and people that are business owners, they have a tendency to put their heart into that. But people that punch a time a card and punch in and out and work for somebody else... That's talking to those people, too. And I've done all kind of that. You know, when I started off, I punched a... I, I started off at Burger King, then I went to McDonald's, then I went to a machine shop, and all three of those jobs were I punched a card, in and I punched it out. If I was late three times, I got uh, a warning. If I was late another three times, I got suspended. That, that was back in my day. I mean, you didn't mess around back in the day when I was growing up. And you know, uh, if, and so that, that's, but you know what? It says, even that kind of work, put your heart into it. You don't own the company, and, they're, and maybe you think they're making money off of me because I'm working hard and they're making all the money, but it says, whatever you do, put your heart in it. So what is it saying? Be settled. Put your heart into everything you're doing. God can find you. Uh, and o- honestly, even your, when you work like that, where you punch a card in, when they want to promote somebody, they'll, they'll come for the person that doesn't complain and whinge and has their heart into work even when they're punching cards, okay? And then this last thing... Uh, ingredient or trait is humility okay so first peter chapter 5 and verse 6 in two different translations there it says humble yourself under the mighty power of god and at the right time he will lift you up in honor and then another translation says he'll promote you at the right time And, and so that what people that are settled if you find somebody that's settled you're going to find that they're patient you're going to find that they're working, and you're going to find that they're humbling themselves. There's humility there, and what that tells us, the context that, that that's in, it's like you can be frantic, and you can think, you know, uh, I, I, you know, I, I, if I don't do this, it's not going to happen. Like I got to do something to get promoted, or I got to do something to get. And really, what it's saying now, just humble yourself under the mighty power of God. You humble yourself. And if you do everything you should do, God will find you, and at the right time when he wants to do it, he'll lift you up in honor, and at the right time he'll promote you. That's basically what it's saying. So here's just some closing thoughts for today, okay? The, the um, first thing we want to say is God doesn't go after people who are doing what we think is spiritual. This is just like a summary and closing. So God, in, instead, God chooses people who are planted and working, So, just as a comforting thing for all of us the best thing we can do is just be planted and work and don't think god's you're going to get passed by in any kind of way just stay where you are be at peace be planted if god wants you he'll come and get you he'll he'll let you know if he wants you to do anything else okay and then uh, also people who commit to a cause like paul the apostle even though it was a wrong cause so God, you know, who's that? That's Paul. He was killing Christians. He was committed to a wrong cause, but I think God liked his fervency and his fire. You know, and that even goes along with, like, when you work and you put your heart into it. You know, like if you work for an employer, your employer would f- really probably be pleased if you had some fervency and fire about you and and that you cared about what you were doing. You know, like I know because my hometown from where I grew up, it was a a blue-collar town. I don't know if that's common around the world. Now my brother joe pastors in our hometown it's blue collar my brother mike pastors in canton ohio it's white collar and so my brother mike has everybody in his town they own their business or their their managers and they and it's it's a white collar and my brother Joe, where I grew up, we were, a, you punch a card and you, it was like they had General Mortars and lo, they had Lordstown, Packard Electric, Lordstown built small cars and pa, Packard Electric did wiring harnesses. And then I worked at Ween United. We, we built stuff for Boeing and we did all, it was like a, and there's steel mills. That was my hometown. It was really polluted, by the way, a lot of pollution. But I grew up in a factory town. That's where I grew up. But factory towns can have different th- ways of thinking, and it's like big I and little you thinking because, you know, I'm so subject. I'm subject to the company, and it's uh, their decisions and what they think, and I can't do anything about it. That's like this thing. You know, it's great when people can, that are Christians can bust through that hopeless, pitiful way of thinking it's a pitiful, hopeless way of thinking and it can actually work a job where you might work for a big company, but you actually work and have, you know, have a good attitude and not feel like you're hopeless and trust God. Don't, don't, don't shout me down because I'm preaching good. <laughs> okay? Let's look at another one. It is wise to appreciate the place we are and stay planted. It's a wise thing, whatever you're doing right now, even if it's not your dream job, even if it's not where you wanna be, appreciate where you are, stay planted, be peaceful, and stay settled. And God will take care of the rest, okay? Uh, Then we won't miss anything that God has for us if we are praying, planted, patient, and settled. Okay, just remember that. You won't miss a thing. If you continue to pray, if you stay planted, you stay patient, and you stay settled, you don't have to be concerned about missing anything, okay? And then uh, a few other things, and we're done. God also, with him, he isn't impressed with speaking skills, although he can use them, but he is also willing to wait for them to develop. Okay, so when I I went to Bible school back in 1981... And, and back in 81, some of you, I know, I hear a lot of people listen to Keith Moore. I don't know if everyone, if there's a lot, I heard a lot of people in our church, it's free and they listen to Keith Moore online. Well, Keith Moore was in my class and I went to Bible school with him. I am older than him, although he looks older than me. <laughs> but, but, um, but anyway, you, you know, he, he, got up, he got up to share uh, and he was sh- had a shaky voice and he was so scared and uh, when he got up in what we call lab class that's when you get up and you do your 10 or 15 minute message in lab class he was like one of the worst ones shaky voice nervous afraid okay and then another one on his level of being bad was me shaky nervous voice afraid and then we had some other ones get up and this one couple especially I mean they want it looks like they went out and charged their credit card man that was back in the day that you wore fancy suits and you know you you really dressed up and they were dressed to the T and they preached the house down you know and then they went to Colorado uh, and they pioneered a church and they looked like they were doing it but you know the difference is is they had a lot of skills but they ended up in the front page of the newspaper because they embezzled money from the church and they were just—they were finished in that town, and you could see that their speaking skills. They had, you know, like when somebody says, "I want to live the dream," and I, I want, you know, like I would rather do this. I would rather say, "I want to just be obedient to God, and not have this ambition, you know, to have some be somebody bigger, great. Just be obedient." And Because when you have those kind of ambitions to be somebody great, you, you may charge up credit cards, put on a show, and you might have to embezzle funds to keep yourself in that place. But just being settled and planted and being patient and humbling ourselves and let God do the rest, it's, just, it's a safe way to go. And we don't have to be frantic. We can just be at peace. Is that okay? So, and then, you know, our diplomas. God God's not so impressed with them, but he can use them. But he can pass over plenty of people that have a lot of education and find, and it does say in the Bible that he finds weak and foolish and base things to confound those that are strong and all that. You know, it does say that in the Bible. So even though God can use intelligence, God can use intelligent people, and I recommend going to university and college. I I wouldn't ever say anything against it, but he still looks at the heart, okay? And then uh, the, the last thing is our titles, our positions they're good but some people like to give themselves titles it's so much better that god can use that he promotes actually people that are willing to do small things god finds people like that that are willing that are settled and planted and willing to do things that are seemingly maybe not so important okay so one last scripture first peter 5 and verse 7 it says casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. And that is in really the context. If you look at the context, we don't have time to look at that in context, but that's actually in the context where there, there is a anxiety uh, about what's going on. And it says, humble yourselves. One, it If you look at the verse, a couple verses before that verse, it it talks about three humblings. Humble yourself, one. To one another humble yourself to god and humble yourself to spiritual authority and it's really talking about people and how they're placed in the kingdom you know and even there's an anxiety sometimes of how am i placed what where am i at and am i doing enough should i be doing more that's the context of that scripture And you know what god says listen cast your cares on the lord don't be so concerned about where your position and place in the kingdom just cast your cares on the lord and he'll take care of the rest, okay? Father, I thank you for everyone that's here today, and I, I, I pray, Father, that these words and what you put on my heart today makes a difference in everyone's life, Father, that we're settled, uh, that we can be uh, patient, that we can continue to work, be planted, not be frantic or uh, nervous about anything. Father, I just thank you that we can be uh, working and settled, and you know our address, and you know where to find us. Thanks for listening. We're always encouraged to hear how God is using this ministry to change lives. If you have a story you would like to share about how God is working in your life, please let us know and send us an email at church at rhema.org.au. If you would like more information or resources on this or other topics, or if you would like to sow into this ministry financially to help us share messages just like this one each week, please visit our website at rama.org.au.